coin to your witcher. We didn't hear that song in this season. That's true. But we did have some husky air, shirtless, and he's an attractive... And bathing. Yeah. He's a distinctly European face. <laughs> that scene was so funny, though, because it's just like out of nowhere. He takes... Yeah. Anytime there's a period piece, <laughs> and there are just insanely attractive people, especially something like this, where it's like medieval setting fantasy, mm-hmm. it's like you have no business being that hot right now. Yeah. Or for a woman, like being, you know, this beautiful. It's like, no, <laughs> it doesn't... It just... It actually breaks my immersion. I know, I Except know. for someone like Geralt because yeah. he's a mutated freak. Right. You know, all due respect, and yeah. I love him, but yeah. he's a mutated freak. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're talking about The Witcher Season 2 today. Witcher Season 2. I have been watching this since it came out. Slowly. Just it, drip feeding. It took me a long time <laughs> to finish this season. It was what I am calling a slog. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you, let's be clear, you thoroughly enjoyed it. I did enjoy the show, but it was a slog to get through. Yeah. I, in fact, stopped watching The Witcher multiple times and went and watched... Mid-scene. Sometimes. Other shows, finished their shows, and then came back to continuing to watch this season. <laughs> An interesting fact about this episode, this was the first review shorter episode that we ever did. Season one. The first one. It was like episode 17 or 18 or something. Was it a, sh- it was a short so he, episode? Yeah, it was the first one we ever did. And it was the episode where we were just like... Just dicking around the whole time. Shooting the shit because yeah. it was... And here we are again because we're, we're doing it again because both Gabe and I have a hard time remembering everything, every little thing that happened in this season. And there's also so much to talk about here because I don't even know if you think it's good. Oh, I've told you a little bit about how I feel. But I don't remember... You don't remember what I I said? I don't remember if at the end of the day, you liked it. Uh, You were just saying it was inaccurate to like... Should we just get into it? Well, we're already here. We're already in it. Do we even need to talk about what happened in this season? Uh, Or should we just assume that the people listening already watched the season? uh, I don't think that's safe to assume. Maybe not... The Witcher is about... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a man. Well, I mean, we could literally sum it up in a single sentence. Go ahead. That is the mutated... <laughs> There's a monster hunter named Geralt who <laughs> is close. Who thinks he's the father. He's the surrogate father of a young woman, a girl named Siri, who is basically the chosen one sought to bring balance to or imbalance to the world. She's very powerful. Full name Cirilla. And they have a family dynamic with another woman, a sorceress named Yennefer. And this season, this season is Geralt's relationship with Ciri developing because at the end of the first season, they finally meet up. Because the whole first season was them not up. And then Yennefer running around doing a lot of weird stuff until she finds her way into the fold. Yeah. That's the second season. And then there's a bunch of other characters that I <clears throat> can't remember the names of or the faces of, to be honest, because oftentimes, I swear to God, there were two elf girls that looked exactly the same in this season and then (laughs) i didn't know (laughs) i didn't know that they were different until the last episode what when i saw that there were two scenes back to back with both of those elfin women and i was like oh they're different people (laughs) this whole time who was the the one that wasn't the elf well one is the one the elfin woman that had the baby elf (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. And then the other one is the woman who's like the elfin woman who's on the council of like... She's not an elf. She just looks like crazies. an elf. Are you talking oh, about... she's not? Yennefer's uh, mother figure? I don't know, dude. <laughs> Let me... Okay, let's start with... Is this show good? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, have to, I just have to say before we do that, it was so funny to me 
<laughs> now you you were so bad with characters in this show it is actually insane to me because I'm, you are a very yes you we're, we're, we're detail-oriented people when it comes to television and film i know but it, especially for someone who says they enjoyed it this much even though it's still a slog you have no idea who any of these characters are okay well ad- admittedly <laughs> admittedly and i i was honest with you while we were driving that one time <laughs> i told you that in confidence i did <laughs> That when it comes to medieval time shows, mm-hmm. like I have a really hard time <laughs> discerning between characters. I just really hard. It's so weird. You could have, cause they all just look the same. But I feel like if you're invested in the story, then it's an easy distinction. No, maybe it's just because you don't, they look the same. Do you feel as an individual invested in like the fantasy medieval setting and scene and story and or i had the same problem like watching the hobbit with all you have nine dwarves show up that's true and you're just like they are they're all the same man i'm but sorry that's a little different because they are no, the same they're in not this, in this in the witcher there's actual characterization i've gone back and watched the hobbit like three times and i know the dwarves the difference between them now okay but with the witcher which i don't have any previous investment in this ip i don't care about the books right. i don't care about the games i don't i've never watched any gameplay i've never read a book what so about real life witchers? i'm coming in real <laughs> <laughs> i'm coming in real blind here i know who henry cavill is yes and i know when he's on the screen love that guy i love him so much okay and then i know that he's got a little blonde girl yeah who is over 18 now yes <laughs> And uh, and she's OP, which is overpowered. Very overpowered. <laughs> and then Yennefer was the ugly one that's now the hot Smoking one. Smoking hot. She got her, like, she was, like, disfigured. And now she's, now she's, like, an attractive. Through the power of magic, or in this movie. Chaos. In this world, it's called chaos. See, I know that. I, I can tell you the plot points. There you go. Well, for the most part. There's, a, <laughs> there's, like, a, there's like, a couple things I don't really understand. Yeah. You know, just like in Game of Thrones, like Game of Thrones took three seasons for me to understand who the characters were. Really? I was like, all the Starks just were the same. That's so funny. I knew who Arya was because huh. she was the youngest and she I liked her character a lot. But I had no discernment between Rob or Jon Snow. Really? I was like, who are these people? I don't give a... F- I don't you give have a f- like a dyslexia. I for- do. It's really weird. And yeah. I, I apologize for the people... No, it's fine. It just makes for an Listen, entertaining podcast. I just don't... I really do. I do have a dyslexia when it comes to medieval stuff. I really enjoy talking about this show, so... It, or, like, it, I, I, what, is, what, what is it besides medieval? I don't like calling it medieval, but... Um, fantasy. Well, this is a pretty hard fantasy But, like, show. that era of people living in the mud, the, the city, there's, like, donkeys and... Feudal. No, it's medieval times, like, that kind of era. I, I just... I can't do it, man. Like, I... I can't discern. <laughs> I can't discern between the characters. They all look the same. Yeah. You have poster child. Then you have the, this is it. You have the hot women, <laughs> the ugly women, the hot guys, the ugly guys. And they're all just interacting. They with have the different, hot guys? With different like garb or armor on. They're all the same. And they all have British accents or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. That is true. There are a lot of, I mean, they're all pretty much. So like, it's just, it's just like, to me, it, they're just all, okay. it's so hard. Well, let's write the ship here. I'll provide a, a small amount of context. So again, the end of season one, which was a, a kind of a clusterfuck of world building in all the best ways. Fuck. We found Geralt and Siri meeting up. So season two is Geralt and Siri's relationship deepening. Most of it takes place at Kermoran, which is the Witcher stronghold in this world. I understood that much. And we get to meet a lot of um, 
Witchers. Cookie characters, yeah. Including Geralt's mentor and father figure, Vesemir. 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 People wanted to cast uh, Mark Hamill as Vesemir before. Mm-hmm. And that would have been great. Anyway. Yeah. I didn't like... Yeah, he's, he seemed like a... I didn't like his casting. Yeah. I think it was a miscast. I also didn't like anything about it. They should but, just recast yeah. him going forward. Like a Dumbledore. Just don't even address it. Yeah. And then They're a just, couple other storylines. This is Vesemir now. <laughs> this is Vesemir now. A Why? couple other storylines in this season. Yennefer has lost her magic, and in the search to, to reclaim it, she's tempted by a witch to turn in Ciri, our young chosen one, Named into the, the witch. Named the Deathless Mother. Yeah. The Deathless Mother, who is some primal elemental force, who in this show, because our lore greatly diverges from the source material of the books in this case... And that's a big point into what Gabe has to say. It is a large thorn in the side. Throughout the whole podcast. Of how I feel about this, yeah. So let's just say uh, at this point that this show (laughs) should be considered an entirely separate entity from the... Different canon. From the wonderful novels of the 90s from Andre Sapkowski. (laughs) Gosh, you're terrible in the A series of eight or ten novels and books some short stories that Henry Cavill loves. Yeah. And uh, great stories in there that the showrunners and the writers here, for some reason decided to basically recreate uh, entirely. And while they started at the same place, they've gone in a very different direction. Anyway, that's basically what's happening with our three main characters. And a lot of stuff on the side is going on. We have an invading army, an invading force from the South called the Nilfgaards. Uh, one of the reasons why they're invading is to find Siri as well, which is revealed later in the in the show. We should just say there's full spoilers from this point on. Wait, I thought that they already invaded at the end of season one. Yeah, they've been invading. Oh, you mean it's just like a constant invasion? Yeah, their invasion is sort of just like part of the setting. Wait, it's- where did that battle take place at the end of season one? Was that outside of Nilfgaard? Or was that outside no, of... No, everything's happening in the north, in those assorted countries saying north or south or east or west means nothing to me it all looks the same i know that different cities are actually in different places yeah geographically but i but saying the north doesn't mean anything to me but was it the city that siri lived in originally is that where they were attacking no you're talking about the end of the show where like yennefer goes super saiyan yeah yeah fire blasts everybody yeah no that's uh not at sintra which is where siri's from sintra that's the first battle in the show is sintra the same city as Nilfgaard. No. Okay. Because <laughs> there's different names for the same thing also in the no. show. Yes, well, there is. A little bit, but not for like cities. And it was the same way in Game of Thrones. They're, like, they're talking, oh, the, this thing. And then you're like, oh, it's actually this thing. And then they talk about it in the same way. <laughs> kind of, but not as much. Nilfgaard <laughs> is a southern empire. And the north... And nobody knows... The north is like the United States. It's a bunch of independent little... So up to the end of season two, nobody knew who was the king of Nilfgaard, which was like the imposing... The audience didn't know. The imposing threat the whole time. The emperor, I think. The yeah, emperor? but no one knew who was the emperor of Nilfgaard? Everyone knows his name, but no one knows his face in the show. He's he's a mere something, but nobody knows like who, like who he is, his, like his story and his face. And especially the audience doesn't know who this guy is. So the season ends with a reveal of who it is, and it is revealed to be Ciri's dad, her father, who we had already seen in season one in flashbacks. You see flashbacks in season two a lot as well. Yeah, we, we've seen him many times, but we haven't made the connection until now that he is Amir. I can't remember what his name was in the other scenes. White Flame. Yeah, one of his titles, I guess. There you go. One name, or many names for one thing. He's the White Flame. Uh 
of something. There's significance there that I, don't, I couldn't tell you what, what the purpose is. I'm going to start just in your life. I'm going to start calling things that should be familiar to you. <laughs> different names. Different names than what you're accustomed to. Just to see if you can grasp what's happening. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. This podcast should just be you asking me questions about The Witcher. <laughs> That'd be incredible. Well, I, I have so many questions. I still don't know who the hell that council was at the end. They kept meeting throughout the whole show. Are you talking about the mages? Just the white people. And there, there, might, have been, there might have been one black person in there. One. Oh, they're mages. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I think so. That's the council who banned Yennefer in the beginning yeah, yeah, of yeah. season two. The, it's a mage council. Why do they, are they playing this like Game of Thrones type thing? Yeah. Because at yeah, the end yeah. they're like, we need to do this. And then. Yeah, the mages have. They wanted to kill someone or something. Can't remember. Basically, the mages are up to their own thing. But there's also within the Mage Council, there's different little fingers and people like vying for power. Because the mages are like a separate powerful force operating outside of the infrastructure of the nation they're in. Right? Is the Nilfgaard and the Emperor of Nilfgaard, are they just <laughs> Let's go. the rulers over Nilfgaard? Or are they the rulers over the whole land that they're existing in? Nilfgaard is like one big state in the south. They're like a and large And they're just trying nation. to invade everyone else? Yeah. Why? Or they're they're invading know? the northern kingdoms because... They're looking for Siri. There's, like, the greater reason. They see themselves as the heroes. They're trying to enforce, like, a uniformity and an order across the continent, essentially. And from what I can understand from having seen the show and from being vaguely familiar with the game. So they're, like, Emperor Star Wars. They're trying to take over the galaxy. Uh, Yeah, but also it's less black and white because the Emperor is just, like, kind of... Well, I guess in the he extended said at lore, the end of the show, he's like, I'm trying to get my daughter back. Yeah. So the whole emperor chasing Siri thing is like the underhanded but it's motive. Such, it's so stupid. Like, why can't he just find Siri? He should have done that in season one, episode one. They were. They were chasing Siri and the Black Knight had Siri in season one. But You're she, saying the Black Knight works for the dad? The emperor, yeah. <laughs> Put a pin in that real quick because I want to... I want to explain what, because this was, I'm so confused right now. We're going to come back to that, <laughs> but I want to, I want to finish this thought out on the, the Nilfgaards. The Nilfgaardian army is invading to basically, yeah, I like the emperor comparison. They're trying to bring in their minds, peace and prosperity to a conflict, like a very conflicted region. This nation has so many kingdoms vying for power and the way they add depth to this dynamic. So it's not like black and white evil is the Northern Kingdoms are shown in this season, and I, I love this this depth added to the show. The Northern Kingdoms are shown to be very racist against a lot of the elves, and then the the invading Nilfgaardian army is like sympathetic to the minorities in the region. So there was a cool... Yeah, they made that elf pee himself. <laughs> they did do that. Anyway. That I remember. <laughs> so that, that, that shows a little bit of... There's some characterization of the the different factions in this show. It's very straightforward. <laughs> they really... Ex- I really disagree. As, well, in this season, it was. Like I said, season, season one... Season one was easier for me to follow. You're a crazy person. Okay, well... <laughs> season one was a clusterfuck of world building. Season two is very straightforward. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Almost to a detriment. There's like... Now's the point where I'll say, I really did not enjoy mm-hmm. a lot of what season two did. I still loved watching it because I'm a sucker for both this setting and Henry Cavill as this character, Geralt. He really so owns good. it. So good. Yeah. In fact, he if it weren't for Henry Cavill, yeah. and both like as an as an actor who loves the source material and as a performer for this character, 
which kind of go hand in hand. I think the show would be basically a complete mess, and it probably wouldn't be renewed for another season. But this show continues to deviate wildly in all the worst ways from the source material, and I think it's my familiarity with the source material that is causing me to dislike the show, because a lot of people who aren't familiar with the history of The Witcher and this world are enjoying it. Even if it is kind of a slog, it is. there are still a lot of bright points in the show, a lot of things to enjoy. One of the things I did not love were the characterization of the witchers in this show. This show shows you a lot of other witchers, and they are basically just drunk frat boys. But you do have a bias. Yeah, I, I'm, I have the bias because of my familiarity with the source material. But even outside of that, I do think it's lazy writing because it, it, it's very tropey, and it doesn't need to be. It seems it seems I like I feel like they become less that way in the latter half of the season though. Like they were that way when they first met Siri. But then they all started to champion for her when she was like on that playground thing she was jumping on. And they were like rooting for her. And then they all kind of got their own kind of characterization for the latter half of the season. So when they started like fighting the basilisks and dying and stuff that you know that they actually were cared for. You know what I mean? Uh, a little bit. A lot of them died. <laughs> you didn't get to know each. We, we get to know like Witcher. two, two or three of yeah. them, including Vesemir, who is, as we said, the mentor father figure for Geralt. Right. And he, he goes back and forth on like <laughs> how he feels about Siri, which is whatever. He does. Uh, yeah. I mean, he tries to friggin' kill her at once she's possessed. Uh, he's always seemed to like her though. Yeah, but what I mean is back and forth in terms of like what what is, to do with her. What and also like what is in her best interest because at one point he gotcha. tries to give her the witcher juice which would probably maybe have killed her maybe not because the witcher serum is i think the survival rate is like it reduces to, to roughly one out of every five or something people can survive the transformation or the okay the process so you thought they were really fratty yeah it just felt it felt, it felt very weak when you throw your main character up against very shallow men yeah characters especially white men just to show like heroic attributes and overcoming this kind of adversity. It just feels kind of done out for me at this point. One of the things that I also didn't enjoy, again, not because of the source material, but the show breaks a lot of its own rules in terms of traveling around the world and stuff like that. The greatest defender of this, I don't know if you noticed this when you were watching the finale last night, but in the ninth episode or the last episode, whatever it was, they move between locations that should take them like many weeks to get to instantly across scenes. Like when the Deathless Mother takes possession of Ciri and heads back to Kaer Morhen, the Witcher stronghold, in the final episode. Mm-hmm. And Geralt's stuck in the extra-dimensional plane where the witch is housed. Oh, he meets the people in the, the forest, and they start. They decide to travel back. And Yeah, after that, oh, after he meets the dwarves. I think those were dwarves. <laughs> They're not hobbit dwarves. They're thinner. Anyway. <laughs> Even Yaskir in that scene was like, none of you. I don't remember any of you because none of you matter. <laughs> they were in the dragon episode from season one. They were traveling companions. I remember. But, I think. But even he was saying, yeah. none of you matter. Like, like that's, and that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, so funny. They're just, yeah. I, I know the key people. All the people from season one, I remembered. And then all the people in season two, they all look the same. Yeah. I think that also, maybe it's not just you. Maybe it is just weak characterization. Anyway, Probably. they head back to the Witcher stronghold, and it's funny because they set the scene with, like, Ciri has apparently been there for much longer, even though she was in the same place previously when they were at the Deathless Mother. 
Siri like has been killing witchers for a little while or she wakes she wakes up in the night possessed no one's like realizes she's been possessed and she starts killing witchers in their sleep meanwhile Geralt and Yennefer are horse racing <laughs> back to Kermoran which is not near where they were and it's so funny cuz they... only people that know would know that yeah they pull up to the castle well i mean it's not even like to me it makes sense yeah they spent a lot of time traveling in season 1 to try to, to try to give you the impression of the separation between these places, but it's all lost at this point in time. And <laughs> Geralt and Yennefer roll up to this, to the castle, like mid-argument, almost like they'd been having this conversation for a couple weeks, traveling back to Caramorn. It's just, it's so funny. For me, who's been trying to pay attention to the show, but it just feels very lame, I think would be the perfect word to describe it, both figuratively and literally as a script. There's just, it's kind of nonsensical. But yeah, it ends in a cool way with them rescuing Siri and then jumping between worlds. They see the the wild hunt briefly, which is like the big bad of the Witcher universe. That was sweet. Yeah. I liked that part. There's a lot of lore there, but they're basically... They went to Mordor for a second. Yeah. <laughs> which apparently the Deathless Mother was one of them, kind of like, uh, like a horseman of the apocalypse. She gets thrown back to where I think she wanted to be the whole time. Like this seemed to be her goal was to get back to the wild hunt. I don't know. It's unclear. But then we end the season with our, our heroes finally together. And maybe we'll get some interesting Geralt, Yennefer, Siri Dynamic. Dynamic in the next season, which is what people have been hoping for yeah. this, this whole time. That's what I'm saying. That's all I care about. I yeah. know those characters. Mm-hmm. That's the reason the show's good. Yeah. Everyone else is just there. Yeah, a lot of it does seem tacked on and like just... So that's the thing. So my main criticism would be, I don't think they've done a very good job characterizing their b-list or or second tier characters their a-list characters are all notable charismatic and i can follow them yeah but when it comes to all the other people that just are there or like randomly there for a scene you're just kind of like okay who is this and what is this and why Mm -hmm. and i also haven't done any like youtube recap that like spells it out for me which you shouldn't need to do and i did that well i did that with game of thrones yeah around season three and i was like okay i understand what's happening it is good for a recap but any show that requires you to you know move outside the show to understand the story of the show i feel like is a inherently just not a good show well i'm not i'm not a good example of that because like i said i already have a problem when it comes to but i but a lot of people had that problem okay it wasn't just you i was trying to get a read on the show both as i was watching it and afterwards from non non readers i guess you call them (laughs) people People, people who don't read books. No, I mean, people who are this is their people first exposure. Who are familiar with the the books. Yeah, people that are the Netflix series is their first and only connection to this world. Non-readers. And it seemed like even people that enjoyed the show, people that can't read. It seemed like even people who enjoy the show, there was a lot of confusion, which is so funny because it's a linear timeline in the season. Doesn't matter. But it just, yeah, it speaks to the the weakness of the, the script in terms of characterization. If you're thinking in any given scene, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Why do they matter? Yeah. And it's not the first scene they've been in? Yeah. It's a problem. Yes. It's a bad problem. Yeah, that's true. This is another thing. Like when Istrid shows up to a city, this is just like something random that happened. It doesn't even matter. I think they only introduced these scenes so that it would try to spell it out for the audience. He shows up to a city to try to find more information about Siri, and he goes to these. Oh yeah. He goes to these historians, and the two people that play those historians, Great. from the immediate moment that you meet them, you're like, I want more of them in the show. 
Yep. And it wasn't like that. And maybe this is just a casting issue, but it wasn't like that for so many other characters. The two historians, they're in one episode for like four scenes mm-hmm. and they're talking to Istrid or whatever his name is. Istrid. And, and they're kind of spelling out like, <laughs> he's like, how do you know all this information? They're like, we know everything. And so you're just like, cool, they know everything. They're really interesting. They're interesting looking. And they're spelling out sort of the story for you about Siri and a little bit of her history and who she is. And and the next time you see the Istrid, he's just like caught by elves. And he's like, I've been following you. And you didn't see him at all between. You didn't even see him leave the historian's house. Mm -hmm. You just see him caught for a second with the elves. And then they're ready to kill him. And then he says something. He calls Siri some name that another different name for the same thing care more run yeah he tells them that the series like the descendant of the she's iron mower or whatever she has basically the elder blood yeah which is what gives her a power yeah, because yeah. her the person who had that whose name is like laura doran or something yeah was an elf her which was like her up the ancestry tree ancestry but yeah that character was basically he only exists in the season two bring the audience information which is so funny which is fine like I, i'm fine with that i he's memorable to me and so are the historians and that's the point is like you you are able to do it with these historians or like these other characters yeah but like then you have this whole council of all these people who are like playing these games who are just so much less memorable than than these other characters these other B characters that you've introduced already. So mm-hmm. that's my point is that like the show does it well sometimes and then does not do it well other times. And I think that's less of a casting issue, even though the casting on those two historian characters was incredible Yeah, and more of a writing issue because we have other points of incredible characterization in the show. For instance, one of my favorite additions to this season was the character of, of Dijkstra, who was the like large balding man with the white beard santa claus yeah who was he's a basically like the little finger of his kingdom i think it was redania and he's got this like owl woman his first scene is amazing and he the whole show is just like who is this guy he's he's awesome he's like speaking to the owl who's Mm -hmm. speaking to his informant the little elf kid with the other kingdom the nilfgaards yeah and it's amazing so we know it's possible to do in the show but so much of it is just kind of weak it's half-assed i don't know what to say about it particularly in the mage council like you said so or anytime there's like a group of characters i think is where it gets weak anytime the scene is focusing on one or two characters it's strong yeah like my favorite episode of the season is the first one where it's basically just Geralt, siri and uh the crazy free folk dude from game of thrones are you talking about the first episode you said the season. first episode was your favorite one? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. It's, the first two episodes even were just amazing. Super strong opening. Yeah. And that's because it's it's very it's small. small. Yeah. yeah. It's it, tight. Yeah. It is intimate. Yeah. We have a lot of character interaction with the people that we care about. Honestly, I think you're right. I think when it gets open up to you meeting an entire council. The political machinations yeah, of this world. You're meeting an entire council in one scene at once. Yeah. And you can't really difference between any of them. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you have council A, then you have council B, and you have like a bunch of other people 
trying to like yeah. do something and i don't really know the whole time i'm watching the show i don't know what that something is it's also funny to keep thinking in comparison to something like game of thrones which is a little different in setting but even those amazing council scenes from game of thrones there are only maybe four maybe five people at the table mm-hmm. and they're all incredibly distinct mm-hmm. when we get into the witcher and you have a council of mages who are all uh, interchangeable mm-hmm. or like a group of witchers who are all interchangeable mm-hmm. it it feels like it's a slog to yeah. get through. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> Why do I care? But we get those episodes, those scenes with Geralt and Ciri, and there's there's movement in the story, there's movement in the character arc, mm-hmm. and it just feels good, and those performers are great. And that's when the show's at its strongest. We get a lot of that in season two, but we also get a lot of... Yeah, so maybe it's just a writing issue, not writing in the sense of dialogue, because yeah. the dialogue's fine, but writing in the sense of like knowing how to write characters and then... And I also think it could be like a showrunner issue where they're not really executing that well. Yeah, you know? I it, I think it absolutely is. It's a woman whose name is Lauren Schmidt or something, Hisrick or something. I feel like, and we might have had this conversation before, but whenever decisions like this are made to deviate like from really good source material where it's so easy to just like bring that to the screen, there's got to be some amount of either ego, like personal ego or uh misunderstanding no i don't think it's misunderstanding i would call it like just raw stupidity <laughs> like the people that fail upward in their industry <laughs> and i don't know this woman maybe she's fine but between her and some of the writers there's just a complete um failure a complete failure to uh deliver on this premise which is it is known to be quality source material mm-hmm like and it had a very successful video game adaptation but thrice over there yeah the showrunner and a lot of the team they don't get it basically to put a hat on it there are people that get it and there are people that don't get it <laughs> <laughs> it seems like they don't get it and the dude who wrote the first episode is not that person and you can see obviously writing rooms get confuzzled in terms of where the credit goes but looking back on some of these amazing shows like game of thrones whatever those names, both in the writing team and the directors that bring you the best episodes, it's yeah. usually consistent. Yeah. And so whoever wrote that first episode <laughs> needs to be writing more of the show. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I don't know. The direction was really good in that episode too. Yeah, I, I keep thinking about it. It's amazing too as a first episode, not just because of its quality, but you're setting up the season with the characterization. You're getting to know Geralt and Siri for this run of the show. And it provides an incredible context of the show because of the small, like, singular story it's telling with mm-hmm. the man in that house. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It was just great. So good. Yeah. The first two were essentially, like, Monster Hunter episodes. And then and then it got more into the overarching story. But it seemed... I mean, that's, like, what Mandalorian Season 2 did. Like, the first two episodes of Season 2 opened up with Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah. And then... And then got more into the story for the rest of the season. So it seems to be like sort of a trend right now. I've seen it not just with those two shows, but with a lot of other shows. Mm-hmm. Cobra Kai just did that as well. Like the first two episodes were like doing its own thing. And then for the last six episodes, or in this case, eight episodes for Cobra Kai, did its own thing, you know? But usually those shows are, those episodes are like the weaker ones, right? Yeah. Whereas in this, <laughs> in The Witcher season two, it felt like it only got worse. <laughs> In, yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah, not like holistically, but yeah. I, I was I was whelmed. It seems like there's just maybe too many characters that are all sort of the same. Yeah, 
and like we're only i'm just trying to think about everyone who all seemed important but they like i couldn't tell you which one even the owl turned into a woman at the end and you're just like I don't know who's important and who's not important. Can we start killing some people? Like, I need to kill some people off so I know who's important in this show, you know? Steven's getting antsy. He just well, wants just, bloodshed. Well, yeah. Like, like <laughs> I, That can, is true. We had a... You uh, can't, like, milk these characters that just don't matter and then say that they matter and then all of a sudden they don't matter. Like, Frangilla at the end of season two when the king's like, you suck and I'm not going to trust you anymore or whatever. And then you're like, cool, well, can we just kill her then? Like, can we just move on from these characters? <laughs> and we might. Yeah. You know? But yeah, we didn't we didn't get a lot of that cathartic resolution, I think. <laughs> Although, Fringilla did have one of the best scenes in this season where she kills, like, the other generals. Or she paralyzes everybody. Yeah. With the Black Knight. And she just yeah. slowly kills them. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Even though, even that was a misfire because she did it with poison, but somehow it all synced up in such a way that it felt like magic, but it wasn't magic. It was weird. Just another little thing that Doug And also, made. I didn't know who she was killing in that scene. It was only one of those people we had seen before, and it was the general who was like ragging on her for several episodes. But yeah, again, we didn't even know his, I don't know his name. Yeah. I think he was like the general. Let's kill some people. Yeah, I wish we had more monsters. I felt like, it's funny, reflecting back on season one, there are a lot more memorable moments, even though the show overall, I think, was weaker. But yeah. the characters in season one, more memorable. The True. fights in season one were more memorable, or at mm-hmm. least there were more of them. Mm-hmm. We didn't really get a lot of Geralt swinging, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in this season. He had one cool slow-mo fight with band of rabble-rousers, <laughs> ruffians. There was a weird fire mage in this season who's hunting Siri for another party, another like third party that we don't know yet. And they revealed only the back, the silhouette of at the end of the season. There's such, it's such a tease. This show is all about tease. It's all, uh, <laughs> yeah. Foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man. And it's funny because we know that Henry Cavill is a fan of the source material and he's credited as producer, right? And on set, he's been known to like be constantly correcting people. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think they ran this shit by him, or at least in, in a meaningful way, because I feel like he would have been like, this is not what we need. Yeah. And he's on record now as saying he hopes that we're more faithful to characters in the next season, but I feel like we said that in the first season. They did. But, you know, this show could ultimately, if they nail season three, if they fix all these issues with all these tertiary characters, it could become a very, very good show. And I know we said that on the last episode that we did this, yeah. but like... We were hoping for more quality production, which we got in season two. We got better CG, all that stuff in this season. And the reason I like the show ultimately overall is because I still think it's really good. It's a lot of fun. I do care about the characters that I care about, Mm -hmm. but I just don't care about the characters that the show wants me to care about because I don't even know who they are. I don't know. And so if they could fix those problems, the show will become very good going forward. If it lasts for five or six seasons, I know Netflix is putting a lot of faith in this show i don't have a lot of faith myself in the team behind the show but i feel like it could it could turn things around yeah there needs to be some switching switcheroo i don't think it'll be canceled at this point before it 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 ends on its own terms because it is basically one of the the main vehicles you know for netflix right now i think it does seem to be doing well yeah I will say it was funny. I was in the forums while watching the show and book readers, it was an absolute meltdown. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) it was apocalyptic in terms of the way they were just like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. 
And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's not like, but really? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that the show is only getting bigger and better. I did enjoy it. I just, it felt for me like one of those things where it's just like, this could be really, really good. It could be maybe not Game of Thrones level, but this could be like dinner table conversation. If we can just shore up the loose ends, tighten the writing, be a little creative, but also maybe take a few notes from the books because there's a reason why this franchise, why this IP is so successful. And on that note, I'd say people who like this, you should check out the video game, at least the third one. The Witcher 3 is one of the best games of the 21st century uh, in terms of RPGs, role-playing games, and story world-building. It's an amazing game. When I was playing Dungeons & Dragons, my dungeon master pulled a lot of the music from Witcher 3. Yeah. I guarantee if we put Henry Cavill in a in a position of creative power on the show that it would be amazing. Like it would actually be legendary. It feels like another story by committee, honestly, is what I'm boiling it down to in terms of the weakness of the writing. Like they're hitting boxes. Like I told you one of my complaints about Yen this season was that she just felt very whiny. Like this, they also killed Roach. They freaking killed Roach, man. Which is wild. The even, horse gets... Even I know that the horse is important. Yeah, Geralt's horse is iconic, and he dies, like, for nothing. Yeah. In fact, it was hilarious, because that winged beast, that monster comes down and swipes it. It was like, what? You just killed Roach? <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't feel good at all. And it's not addressed at all afterwards. Nope. Anyway. Oh, man. We're going to end here, because it's, it's been long. It's been a long time. Yeah. Well, that's The Witcher Season 2, and... Uh, Here's to another another season. <laughs> Here's to hoping the future will be better than the present. That's my... That's our goal for the year. <laughs> yeah, our mission statement. 